Welcome to Just Talk with Joe Meyer. Thank you for joining us today on another episode. And um, I know it's been a little over a week now, so um, we're just going to get back into it, and I apologize for that. So um, thank you for joining me today. And so I just really missed everyone out there, and I missed everyone um, just hearing my voice. So we are going to get into it right now and uh, really talk about it. But, you know, first I got to just always got to start my um, podcast um, with some music, right? So, you know what? You know, there's one song that's been really on my mind, and I think it's something we all need right now. And um, it's, you know, Don't Worry, Be Happy, right? So it's the Bobby McFerrin song. So let, let me start off with that and, um, and, and get everyone started in the mood, right? So let's do that. What an incredible song. This song just uplifts me. And I don't know if it uplifts you. I don't know how often you hear it. But listen to it and just feel better already. Here's a little song I wrote. You might want to sing it note for note. Don't worry. Be happy. In every life we have some trouble. When you worry, you make it double. Don't worry. Be happy. Don't worry. Be happy now. Don't worry. Be happy. Don't worry. Be happy. place to lay your head somebody came and took your bed don't, don't worry be happy i'm not a very good singer you guys so litigate don't worry be happy So hopefully that puts you in the mood and uh, don't worry, be happy, right? And I know today it's very difficult not to worry and be happy at the same time, right? A lot's going on and um, I always start my, my cast, my podcast with a little current events so you know what's going on with me until we really start getting into deep conversation, right? So what's been going on with me? Well, you know, I just finished one month with my new job and it's been incredible it's been tough i'm not gonna lie so you know a lot of training um a lot of information which is pretty common when you're starting a new job um this job is particularly going to be very challenging but one of the things that's been really great is that everybody's been really quite kind and i think that's a big importance and and 
you may think to yourself, well, why wouldn't they be kind, Joseph? You're new and you're fresh and why wouldn't they treat you nice, right? Well, you know, I've had jobs where they don't treat me nice, you know, where they're just, they just look at me like, hey, you're just here to do a job. You're, you're, um, you know, you're not really important. You know, you're not really as valuable. You're just doing a very simple job that we hired you to do. Here, um, they kind of make you feel like you're needed. And which is nice. Now, I can't say that's always going to be the case, you know, because people change, job changes, you know, attitudes change. Um, so we never know what's really going to happen in the future. Um, I've had jobs where, you know, it started off very nice and very pleasant and everybody was nice to you. And then eventually those people around you start changing and they're not as nice. And maybe they're on the rude, rudeness side a little bit. So, but... <clears throat> You know, it's just, uh, you know, right now it's okay. I think everybody I've come across has a very positive attitude about the job. Um, they have some very high expectations of you, which is fine. That does not scare me at one bit. Um, and uh, and I'm, I'm going to hopefully, you know, I'm going to come through, continue to push forward, continue to work hard and learn. And I think that's what we all need to do in any job right is just continue to to push ourselves right so we'll get there don't worry <laughs> you know um I'm, I'm just happy to be there you know it, it's like a breath of fresh air compared to where i was at before um it really is you know so you know again we'll see what happens in the future right i, I look forward to being there um, for long periods of time you know, I don't look to leave. I never look to leave a job um, or a position, you know, unless I'm kind of forced to leave in a way. Um, so we'll we'll kind of see. Only time will tell, right? So again, one month and everything's been really great. My supervisor is really nice. Um, he's based out of, or uh, excuse me, Washington. We I'm a remote employee, um, but he's wonderful. He just has a different attitude and is just so refreshing um, he's just, he's really positive, you know, which is great. He's really laid back and I like, I like managers and supervisors like that, you know, it doesn't mean they don't care. It just means that they, you know, they, they don't let the, the small stuff freak them out or stress them out, you know? So doing that, you know, um, also this week, you know, my seven year old started school and um, it's been a really hectic week because also my mother-in-law went back to El Salvador. Um, her government allowed flights to take place. So she was able to go back after about five months being here. So she was, she was pretty much, you know, tired. And I know she wanted to go home. She was homesick. Um, it was only supposed to be for two months. But the pandemic hit and um, she was stuck here. And although we took care of her, she had food, she had shelter, she had everything she could possibly need. But, you know, many times it's not that, you know, we all have a home, you know, we all have a place that we want to be. And when we're home, away from home too long, we, we miss it, right? So we have to remember that, you know? Um, so, you know, it, I've never experienced that. I don't know what it means to be away from my home. You know, I've always lived in Los Angeles. I always lived in California. Um, so, but 
we'll see what happens. You know, I, I hope to travel one day. It would be nice to be a little homesick and, you know, be in a new place. And I hope that that day will come soon. You know, I, I know we can't really go anywhere with the pandemic right now. Um, but I, I hope that's going to one day change. You know, I, I, there are some many places I would love to go to. Obviously, I, I want to eventually travel to El Salvador to take my wife to visit her family. And my daughter has never met her cousins and um, um, aunts and uncles and, and grandma there. And, and, you know, so we want to make sure that she has that opportunity. But obviously, it's not going to be right now. You know, things are going on in the world. So we'll see what's going to happen. And, um, <clears throat> but, you know, what can I say? The other beef um, little news took place is, like I mentioned, my daughter is started her second grade this week and it's at home <laughs> with me and it's it's through zoom through the school and it is nice in a sense that she's home and she's not in any kind of harm's way with covid um although many times you'll hear on the news in the media that it's perfectly safe for kids to be in school and you know and then there's other studies that say it's not and, you know, then there's other studies say kids should be coming face to face if it's safe, right? And that's the operative word, if it's safe, right? Is it safe right now for kids to be in school? Some say yes, some say no. But it's not so much, it's, it's the kids that are important, of course, absolutely. But it's also the adults. So it's, it's more of a risk to more of adults that what happens if an adult potentially gives a child covid they bring it home to mom and dad. Mom and dad die. You know, and I'm, I'm, I know I'm being really dramatic here. Um, but just hypothetically, mom and dad or mom dies or dad dies or grandma dies or grandpa dies. And they're the ones who take care of your little one. Well, who's going to take care of them? And that's, that's the big argument here, you know. Because the big argument is kids should be in school. Well, of course they should be. You know, is there any other way that we want our kids not to be in school? Absolutely not. And although there's um, people out there who home study and they're perfectly fine with that and they, they teach their kids and, you know, I, I don't know if I could do that. I don't know if I have the patience nor the time to do that, to really focus on spending eight hours a day or hours a day teaching my daughter. Now, if I, if I, if I didn't work, yeah, fine, great. You know, my wife is not comfortable or her mother, obviously, is not comfortable teaching her, um, you know, full time. So we leave it to the teachers and we we have a good district. I'll be honest. We I am very impressed with this district. You know, they've taken great care of my daughter there. They have really great teachers, kind teachers, competent, well-educated teachers. And we, we couldn't be I couldn't be happier. You know, I know I'm sure my wife is happy about that too and her mother. Um, but I, I've just seen my daughter grow over the years and since kindergarten being in that school. And I'm so impressed. I, I really am. I, I, I can't ask for a better school for her to be in. Um, you know, I just can't, you know. Um, they were eventually, they were at first going to do a hybrid type um, program keeping the kids in the classroom and then keeping them out um, half days and then the rest of the other day they would be at home 
Um, but ultimately, the district and, and the state of California, you know, kind of just said, hey, you know, it's probably not that safe, you know, as far as we know. And it's better to be safe than sorry. Now, you have schools out there right now who are full-blown going in face-to-face -face teaching, all right? And some of the ones I, I hear about are the private schools, Christian Christian schools, and one of them was um, Calvary Chapel of Downey, who they're, you know, I watched their services online, um, and they're just like, hey, the kids are back in school, you know? We have faith in God, and we have faith that, that everything's going to be okay about this whole COVID thing, and, you know, and, and, and really insinuating that the COVID is not as serious as it is. Now, I get it. People want to throw statistics out there, right? Oh, well, you know, it's only, you know, out of, you know, it's only a point zero 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 one percent that you would get it, you know? And, you know, it's really not that bad, okay? Well, maybe it's not. It's, maybe it's not. But, you know, we don't know. Has there been enough studies done on COVID-19 to really tell us what, what it can do? Can it affect kids? You know, I get it that, you know, and the other thing is where I'm in California. Okay. And I'm in, in, I'm not near Los Angeles, you know, um, I, you know, we're probably about 45 miles away from Los Angeles, but you know, I'm still going out in the world. I'm still going out there. I'm going in the public. I have things to do. I have to go to the store and do things. Um, so, you know, I could still potentially bring home COVID to my family. I'm, I'm somewhat thankful. I am thankful in the sense that my mother-in-law, who's in her 70s, is back home. Uh, only because, only because, you know, I wouldn't want to bring that home to her. Okay. I have a stronger chance of recovery than she does. And how would you feel if you gave it to grandma, right? Or grandpa, you know, how would you feel? Yeah, you probably wouldn't feel so good. Now, this is a thing that you don't hear about too often, but how many of those people that, of those who died were Christians? How many of you out there? You probably don't, and, and the reason I bring up the Christian is because many of them are the ones sending that message. Hey, this is not a big deal. We're, we're, we're not scared, okay? And I, I get it. We can't live in fear. We cannot live in fear, everybody. You know, we just have to do what we need to do. We have to cover our faces. We have to wear a mask. We have to wash our hands, use sanitizer, you know, make sure that we're in environments that protect us, you know, and that's what we have to do, you know. Um, but I, we're, we, the message across the United States especially has not been very clear, okay. It's, it, it really comes from the top. And I know most of you have probably heard this before on my other pods about what's going on, okay? The message is not consistent across the board in, the, in our country, all right? You know, especially coming from the top. Our own White House administration doesn't even practice what they preach. They don't even, they, they actually recommend that people don't probably wear masks. People wear masks, you know, don't wear them, you know. So the, the message is from the top is is convoluted and it's not very clear. OK, so which means that people, as in many societies, listen to their leaders. Hey, you know, when 
when when we look for guidance we listen to their leaders and when they say hey don't do this many people will not right i personally want to listen to science okay now i'm a christian everybody all right and i'm really not about to go in a sanctuary and potentially you know get myself ill with covid even if the risks may be low right now i might as well be more safe than sorry and that's the problem with people people are willing to take risks right now you know people are willing to go out there without a mask saying hey hell with it hell with it i don't care you know what they're basically saying hell with it i don't care about you if you get sick hell with it i don't care if i get sick and die you know hell with it you know so it's it's a hard message that we come across, you know. So what do we do, right? What are we to do? We just have to protect ourselves. And um, some, you know, I get it. Some situations with churches, especially, are not may not be at a great risk. Like one of the churches that um, I normally attend is uh, Calvary Chapel Rancho Cucamonga or Transformation Calvary, which is really across the street and nearby um, to where I live. Um, and they have their services outside, you know, um, which is fine. You know, there's just air and there's a lot of ventilation. Um, I do see people not wearing masks, but you know what, you know, <laughs> you know, what can you do sometimes, right? You can't force people, you know, people want to stand behind the message that their religious freedoms or their freedoms are being stepped on by our government and by the state of California. And, and, you know, they, they, we, state of California has no right to try to tell them what to do, right? So it's, it's a very selfish nation, I'm sorry to say, right? We live in a very selfish nation right now. While other um, countries live in a very much like, well, I'm gonna take care of you, you take care of me, and we'll all do this together and we'll get through this, and they have. You know, countries like Germany, New Zealand, um, South Korea, you know? And I know some of those countries may not be as big as ours, um, but still they're doing it. They're doing what they're supposed to be doing. So this is, you know, it's kind of upsetting, you know, I'm sorry. You can see I'm a little frustrated <laughs> with everything going on today in the world. Um, but it, it is frustrating to go through this. <sighs> okay. But you know, so again, going back to what I was saying is my daughter's, you know, in her second grade class the teacher's wonderful um they're doing zoom every morning from 8 30 to 12 30 or 1 then there's work to do after the fact that they're finished so they're keeping them busy and i'm trying to keep on top of my daughter to keep focused on school um i know it's hard being on a zoom for a couple hours or hours at a time and especially for us as adults watching a zoom can be pretty tiring and i won't lie i mean i teach college on zoom so it's tiring just talking for a couple of hours and uh, my students i don't know if they're looking at me or I, I don't see their faces sometimes so i don't know if they're sleeping or snoozing or what i hope they're listening they seem to be when i ask them questions but again it's one of those situations where you're like okay well how are they handling it? You know, I, I know the teacher, they have a lot of resources that they work through online as far as getting kids prepared and they have 
things that they work with, uh, tools, online apps that they work with to submit their work and do assignments. And, and you know, the teacher is wonderfully patient and, um, and they're just doing the best that they can for the situation that they can, you know. Um, as a teacher, that's really what they have to do, unfortunately, at this point. Is it going to be forever? Absolutely not. I don't see it that way. Do you know? It could be a year, and I know that's a long time to go through school with a Zoom, you know? But eventually, we're going to get past this. Yes, COVID-19 will probably never go away. But once we develop a, a vaccine, a vac vaccine, then hopefully things will get a little bit safer and people have a little bit more security to know that if somebody does get sick, they'll have something that to help them in those situations, right? Um, so it's just kids are very, are very vulnerable and it pisses me off that people are so willing to send their kids to school to potentially get COVID, all right? And a lot of people don't, you know? The consensus is don't send kids to school. But there are a lot of districts out there. There are a lot of states out there who don't feel like it's, it's, you know, it's, it's okay, who feel it's okay to send kids back to school. And there's been outbreaks in, in campuses, especially in high schools, you know? Um, and I can imagine if my daughter was in high school during these periods of time, I would be scared. Yeah, I admit, because high schoolers are very similar to adults in their development as far as their bodies, their lungs, their heart, everything. Kids are not fully developed yet, which makes them more vulnerable. Uh, at least they, we have the ability to have, most of us, we've been vaccinated, you know, and have certain protections. A lot of kids, although they have been vaccinated, they may not have the full protections that an adult has, the immunities that we have, right? So, you know, I don't know what the problem is about wanting to protect kids in this country. I really don't, you know? So, but anyways, get back into it. I, I, I see my daughter. She has her books. She has, she's studying. She's focused. I'm, I'm right here next to her. I see her every single day, which is wonderful. I'm working as uh, myself on my computer home at home um, remotely, which is not easy myself, you know. Staying focused mentally, physically. You know, I have to go for my walks every day, at least take a 20-minute walk or half-hour walk, you know, um, before it gets too hot around here because today it's... You know, it was like 107 around here. You know, I was I went out this morning. It was already 93 degrees at, you know, 10 a.m. You know, so it was sweating like a pig. You know, <laughs> you know. So it it was one of those situations where I just you know I still have to do it. it it's for my mental health. Um, for those of you who will learn to know me, you know, I've had mental health issues in my past. And I really don't want to go back to that. I had to find ways to kind of overcome that. Not taking medication. Okay. You know, so, you know, the only things that were used to help me is going to the gym, which obviously the gyms are closed right now. But there is a gym closed open right now for, for crying out loud. Um, that's still open. And um, it's a small gym. 
but I see that place packed. There's people like about two feet from each other, you know, exercising, you know. Um, now, I'll put this in some perspective too, okay. So I, I'll just say it like this. In the city that I live, it's a fairly small city, but the, the outbreak here has not been as bad compared to like Los Angeles County. All right. So it's been maintained as far as I know. I haven't gotten any reports that we had some major outbreaks here. But I'm sure people have gotten it, you know, you know, so I'm not, you know, I'm sure it's happened here, right? But, um, but again, you know, we still have to protect ourselves, right? So, whew, a lot to talk about today, right? You know, how long did I just take there? Just kind of going over uh, a current event, about 25 minutes. And <laughs> you can see I talk a lot, right? Um, but going, we're getting ready for the next week. You know, one thing about me is that, you know, I, I have my Sunday service. You know, I watch online. Yeah, I could go outside. I could go to a, you know, service, sit outside, you know. My wife is a little bit more on the cautious side. She really does not want me, you know, potentially exposing us to ourselves. You know, if I was a single man, I would be there. You know, I certainly would. I wouldn't probably be concerned about being in the public. Um, but even I get scared. Even I overcome some anxiety walking in a store where people come up feet away from you. And, and, and many, sometimes they're not even wearing a mask. Okay. They're not even wearing a mask. They don't give a damn. You know, so <clears throat> sometimes I have to back away. I have to move out of there as quickly as possible because you don't know who they are. You really don't know who, who, who's standing next to you if they have COVID and they cough on you and you get droplets on you, which is really how you get it is that, you know, you cough or you sneeze and then those droplets go in, go inside your lungs and you can get it, right? And in reality, there's no telling if I'll get COVID, if I do get COVID, will I survive it or will, or will I potentially die? You know, um, who, who knows? You know, who knows what's going to happen, right? But I'm not willing to risk it, right? So we need to all be careful out there. There's ways to go about not being around the public so much. I mean, restaurants, stores have made it quietly possible that you can go shopping, have your car loaded, and somebody will load it for you, you know, which is key. Very important, right? So they make it a lot nicer that way. Um so really, you know, what's going to go on now, right? So let's, let's go on to our next song for a second here. And this is one of the, my segues into what I'm going to go into right now. But, um, you know, just, just thinking about uh, the summer, right? So... Just thinking about what's going on in summer. So let, let's go into this next one. This one's a little fun.
Hot, hot, hot. Hot, hot, hot. I love that song. So um, that is by Dexter Poindexter. I think that's what his name is. So, um, and let me just, yeah, Dexter Poindexter. And uh, he's actually that guy, which was interesting that um, he was the taxi driver in Scrooged. Um, I think his real name, what's his real name, right? Um, his real name, oh, Buster Poindexter, excuse me. His name is David Johansson, um, but he goes by the stage name of Buster Poindexter. But he was actually the, which is interesting about him, is he was actually the gentleman in the cab in Scrooged with um, Bill Murray. One of my favorite films. <laughs> so, um, interesting. He's a singer and actor. I know he's in a lot of films. Um, something, you know, he was... He, but he's mostly been in... Um, mostly singing. He's a singer mostly, you know. But he's also been in films. So, it's just interesting. You know, I, I find, you know... You know, that probably multi-talented kind of person, you know. He is 70 years old. So, he's not that young anymore. But... Um, some of these songs you're going to hear me play, you know, they, they go back to like the eighties, right? Um, which is, I, I'm a generation Xer people, you know, I'm 40 years old. I'm going to be 41 this year, you know, so past the forties, right? Um, so getting older people, <laughs> you know, um, but it, it's, it's been great, you know? Um, so, but a lot of songs you're going to come across, you, you've seen, I played multiple songs from different artists that, uh, I really resonate with me as far as how I feel about things going on, you know, um, hot, hot, hot really relates to like the summer, right? And, you know, just how I feel right now and being out there in 107 degrees here in California, I'm sure others out there are really going through a hot lot a lot warmer weather and that's 117s and and whatnot um so just really kind of going into the weather right now um and i think you know hopefully we're our summer's going to last until probably um you know we're already in august probably going to go into september and october most likely our um our um summers tend to drag on nowadays you know i'm sure it has something to do with climate change you know um and it's probably our our earth gets warmer you know so again how much hotter is it going to get well they say um that it you know every year it probably i don't know goes up a smidge percentage you know degrees right um let's see uh, oh, I'm going to, I'm just looking here how much hotter it gets. It is. Typing here. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, you'll find things about global warming, obviously. Um, not sure. You no, know, there are those who feel that, you know, they don't believe in global warming. They don't believe that the Arctic ice caps are melting and that has an effect over our global um, environment. But it does, everybody. 
you know, and it affects things, you know, our oceans are, are getting, you know, increasing, you know, so, and that affects other things. I'm be honest, I'm not a scientist, so I don't know. I'm just going off of what I hear, right? Um, so we have to take care of our planet, you know, we've pretty much trashed our planet, you know, and I'm not saying everybody trashes it, but I mean, we, you can only imagine, you know, uh, on a daily basis. And I was thinking about this, how much, how much garbage, um, goes, does one person make a day or how much garbage, um, do we dispose of? Let me see here. Do we dispose of? So let's see here. The trash production in the United States has almost tripled since 1960. The trash is handled in various ways. About 32% of the trash is recycled or composted. 12.5% is burned. 55% is buried in landfills. And the amount of trash buried in landfills has doubled since 1960, right? So, wow. The United States ranks about in the middle of major countries. United Kingdom, Canada, Germany, France, and Japan in landfill disposal. The United Kingdom ranks highest, burying, burying, burying about 90% of its waste in landfills. That's amazing. Wow. Can you imagine how much damage that does to our... Um, we used to, I think, um, send our trash to China, <laughs> but actually, um, they, they don't want our trash anymore, <laughs> you know? Um, and then how much trash can you imagine goes into the ocean per day? About 13,000 to 15,000 pieces of plastic are dumped in the ocean every day. Every year, 6.4 million tons are dumped in the ocean. This is the same as 32,000 kilometers of trucks, each loaded with garbage. At least two thirds of the world's fish stocks are suffering from plastic indigestion. Wow, people, we are really destroying our planet, right? That's a lot of trash that we go through every day, you know, that we put in there. But you know, what, what is the alternative, right? Well, the alternative is recycling. You know, that's an alternative. Um, you know, let's let's see here. You know, what is the alternative to garbage dis disposal? Well, I don't know. There's a lot of, we, we just have to take care of better ways to manage our trash, um, better ways of, of recycling, you know, we throw a lot of trash away. I know in our building over here, there's tons of trash there all the time. I mean, it's just packed to the gills and you can imagine how many of those are filled up among the building, how much trash people get rid of on a daily basis. Right? So <clears throat> I know, you know, burning, even burning garbage, um, damages the atmosphere, you know, so how does, how does burning garbage affect climate? Let's take a look. Sometimes it just brings it up right now. Burning trash can cause a number of harmful effects, especially if you burn items that have toxins and chemicals in them. 
while the website of the U.S. Um, Environmental Protection Agency doesn't mention burning trash directly impacts the ozone layer, it explains that trash does contribute to the formation of harmful level ozones. You know, um, burning trash is bad for humans and global warming. Smoldering garbage turns out to be a significant source of greenhouse gases causing climate change. So just looking at that, right? And I don't know how we got on this subject, right? <laughs> so, you know, just, just interesting to think about what we're doing to our planet, right? And, and I guess kind of going back to the reason why is that, that you know, the weather, the hot, the, the climate change, just everything that's taking place um, today in our, in our culture, right? In our society. So thinking about that and really we got to start doing better, right? Now there's... There's plans in our Congress who are trying to, you know, you know, fix those issues with the green deals and all that that cost trillions of dollars. I don't know if those work or not or if they would work, but, you know, we need to have some responsibility in taking care of our planet. Now, this is the thing that I hear. Okay, like I always like to mention as a Christian, some of those voices in the pulpit will talk about hey you know what god will take care of our planet right yes and god is the one who takes care of our planet right but obviously we need to do our part as well okay you know i don't know how long this planet's going to live my daughter's seven years old do you think we want to live in a, a situation where our planet will die faster you know um but again god has control of our planet right he has control of when that's going to happen and and you know and eventually one day our planet's not going to exist. It's just going to, it's going to die, you know, one day. It could happen a thousand years from now, a billion years, who knows. But it's going to happen one day because the sun is not going to last forever. And that's what we need to survive. We need the sun, obviously. So one day the sun's going to burn out like a light bulb. But like I said, we don't know if it's going to happen in a, you know, a thousand years, um, how long it's going to last you know we don't know we don't know what's going to happen you know um so if i if i put in some random thoughts how long will the sun exist let's see what the estimate is stars like our sun burn for about 10 or 10 billion years so our sun is about halfway through its life but don't worry it has about 5 billion years to go when those five billion years are up, the sun will become a, a red giant. Well, so, you know, obviously most of us will not, all of us won't be here, most of us. But there, you, there will be people if, if, you know, if our earth survives that, you know, as far as if, if there's not like an apocalypse or something or, or, or civil war that destroys our societies. But if people are still around at those times in five billion years... Yeah, they're probably going to deal with some major issues that we would never imagine us exist uh, going through right now, right? So just interesting. Um, but hell, there's people that don't care about our planet. I care, um, but I need to do better like everybody else, right? So, <laughs> you know, so thinking about that. So, so what are we going to get into next, right? So I have one other song that I'm going to get into. And this song is, I think it's it's by Genesis. It's called Land of Confusion. And most of you have heard this and you could probably sense 
where this is going to lead into. Um, so let me just play it and then we'll kind of go from there. All right, so let's do that. I won't play the whole song, but you get it. Land of Confusion, right? So this is a great song. So I, I always like to to see what the lyrics are. You know, you, you can listen to them, but like right now, um, we have a Land of Confusion going on right now. Don't we, everybody, folks? I love the video. If you ever watched the video, it's by Genesis. All right, but let me see what... Look at the lyrics here. So it says, I must have dreamed a thousand dreams. I won't sing it to you guys. Been haunted by a million screams, but I can hear the marching feet. They're moving into the street. Now, did you read the news today? They say the danger's gone away, but I can see the fire still all right, alight. They're burning into the night. There's too many men, too many people, too many, making too many problems, not much to love to go around. Can't you see this is the land of confusion? This world we live in 
and these are the hands we've given. Use them and let's start trying to make this place worth living in. Oh, Superman, where are you now? When everything's gone wrong somehow, the men of steel, the men of power are losing control by the hour. This is the time, this is the place. So we look for the future, but there's not much love to go around. Tell me why this is a land of confusion. This is the world we live in, and these are the hands we're, we've, we're given. Use them and let's start trying to make this place worth living in. To going from there, right? Um, how much does that reflect today's time, right? The only other song that I could sing um, that would really reflect what's going on in the media today is Don Henley, um, Don Henley's song. I forget the name of it. Um, Dirty Laundry. That's right. Dirty Laundry. And uh, so maybe I'll play that one next week, you know. Um, but really what's going on, right? Okay. So, you know, I, I didn't want this show to be like about politics, you know, but politics are are a part of what's going on in our culture today you know we all have views you know but i'll tell you this you know politics is divisive isn't it it is divisive you know it, it's it's things that are really destroying this country right you know and i see it i see it's getting worse it's getting it's getting it's just you know, I don't know. I can't even put words into what's going on today in today's culture, right? And um, it kind of makes you cry sometimes. And the most recent news, obviously, was that Biden picked Harris, uh, Kamala Harris, if you want to. I think that's how you pronounce her name, as his VP pick. And I, I just, you know, you kind of just cried about, in a sense, that you know, you feel like these two people, although they're very different, although they have different views on how they do things, and they may not always agree on how things should be done, they're coming together to make things better. But the right wing, the, the evangelical Christians would probably disagree with me and you would probably say, Joseph, but you're a Christian, right? Yeah, so why aren't you voting for Trump? Why aren't you voting and sticking by his side, right? He is the, he, he's the one you should be following, right? No way, people. I'm sorry. We all have our views, all right? And you, if you follow Trump and you're listening to this, that's your view. You have every right to, to choose who you want to choose. And I, I don't worry, I'm not going to make this show about Biden and Harris and politics and how they're the best and all that. And it's not even about that. Okay, but when I when he, you know, announced his news that he was going to choose Harris, you know, I, I felt good about it, you know, and, and I know many people out there are already criticizing the moment he made that that announcement. Well, she's not a good pick, you know, and then the racist views started coming up and oh, well, she's not really black. Well, she's not really Indian. She's not really this or that, you know. And just the racism that started, even the birthism started with President Trump. Um, and what makes me mad is that, you know, you have evangelicals that really project that kind of negative image about them. 
you know, they say, well, we, we pray for everybody. We pray for those that need prayer. But we're going to probably pray for Trump um, because, you know, we love him and he's done more for us than the Dems will ever do, the Democrats. And because they don't, they, the Democrats are like evil. Um, they're probably next to Satan, you know, and that's how they, they look at them. And, I've, and I know this because I think I've told you guys many times. I communicate online. I, I, um, I go through Twitter, Facebook, and you know, again, it's very divisive because you see some pretty horrific things online, right? For those who who go online, um, you'll see some pretty horrible attitudes. You'll see racism. You'll see birthism. You'll see hate. You'll see, and many of them are are people who are in the evangelical community doing that. Okay, you know. They, they can't just say, okay, well, you know what? If Biden or Harris gets, gets into office, which we don't even know if, it's gonna get in, if they're going to get in office, it, it, although it's a few months, few months away from voting, Trump is making it a point to do everything in his power to try to destroy a democracy. Okay? And that's my opinion. So he's doing things like trying to make sure that the post office is unfunctional, taking away... Um, sorting machines, destroying them, taking away um, mailboxes so people can't put those in, slowing down the post office, um, furloughing people, you know, um, doing who knows how much major damage is doing. But I, I'll say this, okay? The Dems are just as uh, to blame as this is, as anything because what are they doing? What are they doing right now? Yeah, I know they are. They've tried to do things when it comes to the financing of trying to help those in need, like right now with the next um, stimulus plan. But those talks failed between them and the the senators. All right, the GOP, because really they can't compromise. They have no compromising abilities. They hate each other, which we have a dysfunctional government right now. You know. Instead about worrying about the people, instead about worrying about the people that they swore an oath to, to provide for, to make sure that we have what we need in society to function if we need something, they're, they're failing at their jobs. Failing. You know, both sides. I'm not just going to say Republicans. Republicans, you know, they are, in my opinion, they're evil. Okay, I'm sorry. They are just trying to destroy democracy because they are trying to hold on to power right now. And it's my belief that they do work with Russia. They work they do work with bad actors in our country right now. So, we don't know what they're doing behind our back. And I'm not saying again, Dems are not perfect. You know, they they don't exactly fit the Christian ideology of you know of trying to follow them because many are um, for abortion they're for things that would go against the christian values so this is the thing about myself okay i believe in the words of jesus yes and i believe that we should treat people with love and respect and i believe that we all are given free will 
Now, although some of those decisions in our life may not always align with Christian values, like abortion, of course, but God gave us free will. God gave us the ability to make choices. We're not robots. We, don't, we also are not robots in the sense to love Him and to appreciate and honor Him. We live in a sinful world. No one is perfect. No one. As much as people say I am, I'm great, I can, you know, they're not perfect, right? So we all fail. We all, you know, we all um, miss the mark, so to speak. But you know what? We have to deal with working with people on all spectrums in our country. Cultures sex orientations you know views you name it so a government has to work for the people all people not just one class of people not just the christians as much as the christians want to make it a theocracy and make it in the sense of like well we just want our values honored and everyone else just screw them right and some of you may not agree with my views, all right? But I believe in treating everybody with respect. Congress, people, Congress and people, we should all be treating everybody with respect and love. Now, I know some people are, seem like, how can I love those people? They, they're horrible people, right? You know, you think of racists. How can you love a racist? How can you love somebody who hates you so much, hates the skin color of another person, hates your being, who wants to end it? But Christ says we have to love our enemies, right? We have to love our enemies even though they don't love us. Now, I truly believe that if we have more love in the world, we would be a better place, obviously. But I don't know if that's ever going to happen. Who knows if we're going to have peace in the Middle East either, as much as... Our current government tries to push for it. I don't know. It's I, My belief is that we're never going to have peace in the Middle East until the King of Peace, the Prince of Peace comes back with Jesus, right? As much as we try to push that agenda, right? People are not going to want it. People have, societies have their own agendas like anybody else. And um, so... I don't know. I'm I'm hopeful, but deep down, you know, coming in this coming election, we don't know what's going to happen. I truly believe that Trump is going to make sure that we Democrats, and I'm not saying I'm completely a Democrat. There's view. I don't completely always view what they view. Uh, excuse me. I don't completely agree with all their views. If I had to label myself, I would probably be more of an independent. You know, and I'm not saying I take views from GOP and all that, but, you know, I guess that's what an independent is, right? Is somebody who takes different views, is not confined to a certain, you know, political party. So I believe, again, we should all treat people with respect, you know. Um, the problem is that when I go out there and I search for especially Christians to get an impression of who they are. Many of them are what's called Christian nationalists. And Christian nationalists 
you know, if you had to put a definition to them, you know, um, or Christian nationalism, what is that, right? So the basic definition is Christian nationalism is a Christianity, Christianity affiliated religious nationalism. It's primarily focused on internal politics, such as passing laws that reflect their view of Christianity and its role in political and social life. In countries with a state church, Christian nationalists, in seeking to preserve the status of Christian state, uphold an anti-establishment um, position. They have emphasized a recovery of a territory in which Christianity formerly flourished historically to create establish a pan pan Christian um, state right? and that's the basic you know and this is what exists today in our country right you know this is what exists I encourage you guys to go out there and and see what Christian nationalism is right and the thing is, you know, we're in a view of different, we are, how do I put this? The United States is a Judeo-Christian values. They were founded on that. And I truly believe that, okay? But does that mean we're always going to stay that way? No. Our country is shifting in a different way, okay? And let me tell you why we may not be shifting towards Christianity in this country, right? And that's probably because the Christian the Christians in our country have let, have, have been a real letdown. You know? You know, I, I know we all as Christians we have to stand by the, the 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 beliefs of the Bible. All right? We have to stand with the beliefs of the Bible of what Jesus says in the Bible and what God says, okay? But God does not tell us to hate. God tells us to love. You know, there's things we are supposed to hate that God hates, right? Like lying, for instance, adultery, you know, things of that nature. And we are supposed to hate those things. But you know what the thing about it is? When you look into the world, you see that many Christians out there are hating. That they are spreading hate. And if you go online, you go into the world, you're going to see that it's a lot of the evangelicals right now that are spreading that hate online. And it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. You know, they, they can't just have a different view, right? Yes, I understand that they have to stand apart. Yes, I know God tells us to stand apart from the rest of society, that we must be different. That we must be a light to the world, right? And I can only speak for myself, alright? I try to be a light to those around me, to be a good soul, to be a good person, to love Jesus, read the Bible, listen to His message, keep that message within my heart, and bring that to my family. Okay, now I know I could do better in my life in that sense. You know, my daughter could probably go to more Sunday school. Me and my wife could be praying more. But we pray. I'm not afraid to say that. Um, but I think it's important to have a moral compass. Something that I could just never understand that our president of the United States does not have. I do not believe he has a moral compass. 
I don't believe he's a good man. I believe he's evil. He's narcissistic. He wants to destroy everything around him. And people will say, well, Joseph, you don't really know, you know, who he is. You, you, you have no idea, Joseph. So don't judge him. All right. How dare you judge him? Right. So let me tell you something. Okay. We are as Christians are we are to judge. And I know that may shock people like, oh, wow, you, you're not supposed to judge me. Well, you know, we're supposed to really judge other, other Christians because we can't really judge non-Christians because we know that they don't have Christ in their life. But when it comes to other Christians, we are called to judge them. Now, we can't condemn them. We cannot condemn Christians. I can't condemn people. Only God can condemn people. But we can judge other Christians by the acts, the fruits of their, of their life how they act, how they speak to other people, what their views are. And many times, it's, it's really just quite frankly, it's quite scary. It's quite scary. It's the right wing that's quite scary out there today. You know, many of them are Christians. That's who they are, right? And that's, you know, that's so scary. It's so unfortunate. Now, I'm not saying that every church is that way or every Christian's that way. I've actually come across a few Christ, many Christians who feel the same way I do. That our society is under attack. Now they may not fully embrace the democratic ideology of doing things. But, you know, they want our society to, you know, be healed. They want us to have peace. And I know it's never going to be perfect. Society is never going to be perfect. It's never, we're never going to live in a society where it's going to be a complete theocracy of God ruling everything. And, you know, one day it will be when God comes back or Jesus comes back. But again, that, who knows when that could happen? It could happen tomorrow. It could happen today. It could happen a thousand years. It could happen a hundred years. Who knows? Only God knows, you know? So, but again, and this message is not to preach to you. This message is to kind of tell you, hey, you know what? I believe that things well, hopefully will get better. If not, it is my belief that if Trump gets another four years, fascism is going to come back in this country, which it never was. It's going to come into our country and it's going to destroy us, quite frankly. And it's pretty scary because we see signs of who that man is, who, who's going to try to destroy society. Okay? Some of you, again, this is not a political message. This is not a political talk show. This is just talk. This is how I feel. And some of you may not agree with my position. And, and I ask you out there to talk with me. Get to know me, who I am, you know. And you'll see who I am truly. So what's going on? Um, lastly, just before we, we completely kind of finish up soon... Um, is what's going on in my writing world right now, right? Well, so I'm actually, um, I've just started a new series last week. Um, for those of you who maybe go to my blog, and I encourage you guys to kind of go to my blog and, and read it. And it's, you know, it's, what's it called? You know, it's josephmeyercreatives.com. And my newest blog's, series is life in the circus 
yesterday to today. So last week I, I actually wrote about the bearded woman. Okay. This week I wrote about um, Ella Harper, which is AKA the camel girl. And so my intention for my blog right now is to really go into writing about those interesting figures in the circus. I've always loved the circus. Um, I've always had an interest in the circus and those of performers, the history of it. And so I really took a point to really try to get to know and do my research. There's not really a whole lot. Maybe there is, but maybe I, you know, I really need to like dig deeper, but I'm a lot of my resources is online. Um, so I find things on, on certain those characters like um, the bearded woman and the camel girl, which is actually a girl that um, she actually her her um, knees were actually inverted or, you know, like a camel. As you ever notice how a camel walks, right? And she could only, she could basically walk on all fours. And that's how she was able to walk. She was not able to just stand up like you and me, most of us are. So it was a major disability that she had. But what's surprising about this girl, and especially the bearded woman too, that they were able to overcome that, those adversities and, and exist in society and really prosper in society in a way that, that many of us would probably like want to kill ourselves, to be honest. I, I don't know how anybody could live like that, you know? Um, interesting enough, like for instance, there was multiple bearded ladies um, throughout history. I don't know any, any woman that's a bearded lady now. There are a couple out there that exist today, right? You know? Um that embrace that side and it's it's usually due to some type of condition hormone that that causes them to grow extra facial hair and for many, most women if they get that obviously they're going to shave it off or they're going to you know tweeze it off or laser it off you know um to maintain a certain feminine look um but those in society who decide that hey you know what i'm not going to shave it i'm actually going to embrace it and you know I, I, what can I say? You know, it's their life. I can't obviously speak for them or what they feel. Um, if they feel comfortable in that, if who they are, they should feel comfortable. I know society will probably mock them and laugh at them sometimes. Um, because society is cruel. We're a cruel society. But it's just amazing that some of those um, bearded women, for instance, um, you know, many of them like got married, had kids had regular lives um, and many of them like made money. <laughs> Some of them back then in 1800s, they were making like $150 a week, which is big money back then, you know? So they were very successful in their own right. Um, and I encourage you guys to kind of, you know, search them out and learn about them a little bit better, you know, because they were interesting figures back then in, in society. You know, I, I felt they were very interesting. So that's why I'm, I'm, you know, I made, made it a point to, to learn about them, you know, um, again, multiple women out there, bearded women, and it's in popular culture. Obviously what kind of triggered, uh, me from wanting to learn about the circus was, you know, movies, 
the media, um, the life in the circus, you know, which was interesting, the people, you know, and um, just just really, you know, what what it was about, how they survived, you know, um, very interesting. So again, go to my blog and check it out. You know, I encourage you guys, you know, um, the, the other individual that I wrote about today, which again, Ella Harper, and she's the camel girl, right? Um, she actually was born, let's see, let me go back. I can't memorize everything, so, um, uh, sorry, guys. So she was born on January 5th, 1870, which January 5th is my daughter's birthday. (laughs) So, you know, um, born with a very rare orthopedic condition that caused her knees to bend backwards, um, called... Congenital genu recurvactum. I'm pronouncing that right. Which is a kind of a knee hyperextension and back knee. It's a deformity in women which can be mild, moderate, and severe. She was obviously one of the more severe cases. But she actually made about $200 per week. Which is the equivalent of about $5,000 a week in today's society. So she actually, you know, she had a mom and dad who loved her. Um, she, you know, she lived a fairly longer life up until about 51 years old. She had kids, but I think some of her kids passed away fairly quickly. She was married, you know. So what's interesting is many of these individuals, you know, who I'm going to be writing about um, had love had found love you know and um quite interesting so i encourage you guys to kind of learn about them but read my blog if you're if you don't really have time to go searching on your own and i i will try my best um to to enlighten you into what's going on in the world of circus um, so the, the circus is not really as existent as it once was. The biggest circus, P.T. Barnum, um, Barnum and Bailey Circus, went out of business a few years ago. There is Circus Vargas that still exists today, but they're, I think it's animal-free. Um, there's also smaller circuses that exist today in society that are still use animals in their acts. Um, and um, just interesting, you know, interesting. Um so, but other than that, everybody, um, got a lot to talk about, a lot to go over. Hopefully you enjoyed the show. Um, what I like to end our show off in today is really to, to kind of go off with what I started with. And I think it's so important, um, to kind of don't worry and be happy. Right. And I know that, that that's hard to do right now in today's culture, right? Because, there's a lot of divisiveness going on in the media. There's a lot of divisiveness going on with society. There's a lot of hate going on. There's a lot of protests. There's a lot of shootings. There's a lot of murders. There's just a lot of things that you're like looking at society and like, damn, society's really going to hell, isn't it? And I can say right now, it probably is, seems like that way. You know, pretty scary stuff right now. But there is a bright side. There can be a bright side. 
Focus on the bright side. Focus on your families. Spend time with them. Love them. Continuously. Kiss them. Good night. Realize how precious they are, everybody. And although we'd like, all of us would like to be billionaires and have every possession we could ever imagine, that's not, that will not always make you happy. Life is short, and I mean that. You could die tomorrow. Hopefully you don't. I don't want to die tomorrow. Do you want to die by COVID? No, I don't. But what really ticks me off is that, that many people out there, you know, like Christians who's preached the message, hey, well, if I get COVID and I die, I go straight to heaven. Hallelujah. And I'm not mocking them in a sense. In a way I am because their arguments are ridiculous. Yes, we all want to go to heaven as a Christian, but is that the way you want to go? Now, some people may say, well, I don't care how I get there as long as I get there, right? Oh, yeah? Oh, sure. You know, I, I don't think I would want to leave my daughter who's seven years old without a father right now. You know, or a wife without her husband. I want to be in this life. You know, I may not like it all the time. I may not love life and the way society is right now, but I sure as hell want to see my daughter grow up and not die from COVID or some sickness. Now, I don't have control over that, obviously. Only God has control over our life. He holds our breath in his hands, each of us, as much as you like to believe it or not. He, he's the one who actually has the ability to end our life. So if he allows our life to die by COVID, not the best way, but yeah, if you're a Christian, yeah, you will go to heaven. Of course you will. And that's what I believe. But for those of you who are not Christian, you know, I'm not trying to say that your life is any less valuable if you don't believe. You are, your life is valuable because God loves you. You know, God loves you and he wants you to be happy. Okay? But this life is going to have its struggles. This life is going to have its hardships. For how much longer? Who knows? It's probably going to get worse before it gets better. Or it may even just get much worse and not get better at all. Who knows, right? But let's let's end the show here with a final Don't Worry, Get Happy. Don't Worry, Be Happy by um, Bobby McFerrin. Something, a song that we all have to just listen to and listen to the words and feel good about it. And I recommend maybe put this song on your phone and just listen to it and you, you'll feel much better sometimes. I do, I guarantee it. So let's, let's start from there. Don't worry, be happy. 
got no place to lay your head. Somebody came and took your bed. Don't worry. Be happy. The landlord say your rent is late. He may have to litigate. Don't worry. Be happy. Look at me, I'm happy. My phone number. When you worry, call me. I make you happy. Don't worry. Be happy. Ain't got no cash. Ain't got no style. Ain't got no girl to make you smile. But don't worry. Be happy. Everybody, just want to wish you a great week ahead of us. Focus on on the positive, everybody. Focus on the good things that you have in your life. And I know we're in this world and we're going through a lot of hardships, especially many of you out there who may listen to this are going through some major issues in your life. And just really focus on the positive. And I know it may be hard to look at that sometimes, but really just continue to do that and know that things will get better. Some of you may be looking for work. Some of you may be going through health issues. Some of you may be going through financial issues. And from somebody who's gone through all those major things in my life, it does get better. There is light at the end of the tunnel. But don't worry. Don't worry. Be happy. Thank you, everybody, for your love, your generosity, everyone out there. And, you know, just to, to one last song here, gonna pump you up. Until we meet again, everybody, have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Stay cool. Stay out of the heat. Thank you again. Until next week. Take care. Once again, this is Joe. Talk with Joe Meyer.